to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. The NFL regular season is over. Your redraft leagues are over, but that doesn't mean you have to stop playing fantasy football because DFS runs through the playoffs, and so do we. Welcome in, grab a seat, because this is DFS for the rest of us, breaking things down, making it just a little bit easier to take on FanDuel, DraftKings, etc. I am your host, Mike the Fantasy Hitman Right, You can find me on Twitter, at FFHitman. I'm joined as per usual. <laughs> that was a weird statement, but it still remains true. Ben Cummins, find him on Twitter at Ben Cummins FF. Ben, how are you doing today? Playoffs, baby. Let's go. Playoff DFS is so much fun. If you have never dabbled in it, welcome to an amazing, fun world. It's going to be awesome. Truly a fun world. I'm also writing down a little memo to edit <laughs> Ben's ridiculous Ben and his ridiculousness. But that's way we love it. We love it. That's part of why you're on the show to be a buffoon. That's right. Joined as always, Chris Meany from the Fantasy Sports Network. Find him on Twitter at Chris Meany. Chris, how's it going? Uh, better now, guys. Better now that I heard <laughs> better now. Start like that. Uh, I can't blame him. He's excited. I'm excited. Is this playoff time? Yeah. It's you know. It's some people. You know, maybe we're getting a few listeners that have never played. You know what Ben said. You know, hey, you've never dabbled into some DFS playoff football. It's fun. It, it's it's very entertaining. There's a little bit of a different strategy there. I'm excited to break down these games. And you are Chris. You are staying safe from the winter blizzard bomb cyclone of doom. Yes, I am here up north, north of the border, as, as some people like to say in the states and Canada. It's just like a random Tuesday, guys. It's we get a lot of snow. It's <laughs> normal. Um, we're wearing toques and and gloves and hats all the time. So hold on, hold safe. On. That's right. I bop. I, I dropped a, a toque in there. What is a toque? <laughs> it really is a Canadian term. Right. Wow, I'm amazed by that. It's it's just like a hat. It's a it's a winter hat. It covers your ears. What we call it a toque? I've wow. never heard that before. Really, it really is a Canadian thing. Wow, I think it's a toque. It's French Quebec. It sounds very warm. <laughs> it's very warm. Yes, it's <laughs> well your ears warm. I mean, we've seen some NFL players guys wear toques on the sidelines. That's what they're wearing. Hold on, are you sure you're not just talking about a beanie? <laughs> or is, oh, no, okay. Similar to a beanie, guys. Do yourselves a favor, Google toque. I'm doing it right now. Yes, and it, so you're talking about Nick the Nick Foles wearing a toque on the sidelines in in the <laughs> divisionals divisional round. He'll be all bummed out because he's sucking. He'll oh, have a toque on. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say oh, that's not the right guy to advertise a toque right now, man. No, Chris no. Meany is yeah. just dropping the fire on the hopes and dreams <laughs> on the Philadelphia Eagle fans. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. If you're used to joining us for this fine, fine program, we're actually going to run things a little bit different because it's Wild Card Weekend. You can't uh, go through a, a huge slate and, and break down your favorite plays because there's just four games to choose from. So we're just going to go through them one at a time. But before we do that, I do want to uh, talk to each of these fellows individually just what do you do differently, if anything, when you're approaching setting a lineup? Uh, we'll start with Chris Meany. Do you play cash? Do you play tournaments? How do you approach uh, such a small slate like this playoff weekend? I'll, I'll play more tournaments than I usually do. And you guys know I'm a big cash game player. I, I love to play cash. And there's more safety when you get a, a bigger slate and you feel more comfortable with some of your lineups. But it's going to be hard to differentiate differentiate yourself away from you know players with just four games. So that same strategy you kind of place into tournaments. And I don't know how Ben feels, but for me, and you know, writing up the articles in the DFS Pass is a lot of the same guys in cash and in tournaments. I feel the same way about both of you know in both sides of it. You know, these tournaments, I feel safe. And we'll get into some of them. I feel safe about, for example, Alex Smith, both in cash and in tournaments. I don't be too different, but 
at the same time, you're going to want to get one or two of those guys. If you're playing in a lot of tournaments, and I'm talking a lot, I mean, if you're playing one or two, it's fine. You, you play who you want to play in your guys. But if you're playing a, a lot of different tournaments, it's okay to be contrarian and to grab a couple guys who are low cost and that you feel like are long shots. You know, we say that all the time. Let's get nuts. It's okay to get nuts a little bit here um, when you get as four games late. Yeah, and shorts. Ben, do you have anything to add? Yeah, and short slates are where you need to do that, where you need to play some guys that you otherwise wouldn't, because those plays that you know don't look that exciting to you have to be more considered in shorter slates because you have you have less amazing options that you can go to, and so that's I'm with Meany that this shorter slate is so exciting because it facilitates more tournament plays because yeah, you're going to be playing similar guys regardless. And those under the radar plays, you're going to have to get there one to save money, but also so that, you know, you can get some different exposure because there's less games. You have to find a way to get contrarian. And that's what makes it so fun because you're trying to find that under the radar play. Listen, if you're a 50-50 player and a, and a head-to-head player, if you just started out this season and you've played a lot of just against maybe five people, one one person, two people, don't be surprised if you have a very, very similar lineup to somebody else. So that one play, whether it's a cheap guy or spending up at a position, that could be the difference in your lineup. All right, we're going to start off with the Titans versus the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs are heavy favorites in this, they are the home team. They are an eight and a half point favorite. We're talking an over under of forty four and a half points. Of all games this weekend, of the four, this is the only one that would have any kind of possible weather concern, as far as I know. And and really, the only concern is just temperature. Uh, as of right now, we're looking at possibly twenty eight degrees. So you're below freezing, but I don't believe you're at that point where you start seeing the pass game abandoned and everything goes to the running back. So there's nothing I'm overly concerned about in that aspect. Let's start breaking down the plays from the road team, the Tennessee Titans. Chris Media, who are you feeling anyone from this lineup? Uh, not a lot of people. I mean, obviously Derrick Henry, he he jumps out at you. And for those who played Derrick Henry last week and you know were a little bit disappointed in in his production, now he did have that big catch for for the touchdown. But his he wasn't really efficient on the ground. That was a tough matchup against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's run defense has been a lot better in the second half. No DeMarco Murray. We already know that. This is a, a much better matchup against Kansas City. The Chiefs have allowed the eighth most rushing yards this season, 4.3 yards per carry. The 15 rushing touchdowns they allowed in the year, the fourth most. If they can find a way to you know, get down and score some points, and I don't expect them to score a lot, but I think Tennessee's game plan here will be on the road, maybe to slow the clock down just a little bit, take advantage of this weaker run defense. I mean, through weeks one to 16, KC allowed at least one touchdown to a running back 11 times. So it is, these running backs are capable of, you know, having fantasy games against KC. So I'm okay at the price point to play him. No, though, in tournaments, he's going to be, his ownership is going to be through the roof. I think it's going to be, you know, on DraftKings in, you know, bigger tournaments, I think over 50% for sure. I'm okay with that. It's all right to have you know a chalky play, especially at this price point. If you're going to spend up on guys, you're going to have to to find somebody, and you're not going to find another running back at this price point that's going to touch the ball 25 plus times, and that's probably what Henry's going to do. Ben, how are you looking at the Titans? Uh, maybe I'll I'll feed you a little bit because Rashard Matthews, Corey Davis, Eric Decker. We know that's that's the trio to kind of choose from. The Chiefs' defense the last six weeks are ranked 22nd against fantasy wide receivers, giving up over 26 points in a half PPR scoring format. That's not bad. What is bad is the way that Marcus Mariota has played quarterback this season. Do you have any interest in the wide receivers or Mariota himself? Yeah, because this is where we start talking about getting contrarian, right? And that would be one piece of evidence to consider playing Mariota is that the matchup is pretty nice. But I don't like, I love that you brought it up, Mike, that we have a game in Jacksonville, we have a game in Los Angeles, and we have a dome game. And then this is really the only one that's cold. Then the Titans are on the road on top of that. The Chiefs have been playing a little bit better. And what you said matters to me more than the matchup. The Titans just haven't been playing good football. And so because of that, you know, the other thing that I touched on when, you know, I you know, went through the Thanksgiving slate really quick is just in shorter slates, 
especially these first two weeks of the playoffs that I love where there's four games, it's just big enough to where you don't have to force exposure to every game or every team. So this is one of those spots where I'm with Meany. I like Derrick Henry. I think that the conversation needs to be had whether he's a free square or not because of all the guaranteed volume that he has coming to him, having 30 opportunities last week with DeMarco Murray out. And it's a pretty good matchup against the Chiefs on the ground as well. But there's also a thought process of just maybe don't even play anybody in this game. That's why I'm just looking at playing Derrick Henry and moving on because the NFC games, I love a lot more from just the value of a fantasy perspective. And that's where I want to get most of my pass catchers at. I will touch on the wide receivers, Mike, just for a second. Um, You know, Richard Matthews probably has the highest ceiling and you mentioned some numbers. I mean, you can throw on this team, uh, the chiefs, they allowed the second most fantasy points wide receivers on the season. Overall, the second most yards per catch, 12.7 and the 18 touchdowns of wide were the third most. So that's overall in the season. Like you can pass the biggest question mark is Marcus Mariota for sure. I'm leaning towards Decker. If I can pick one of the three wide receivers, I mean, Corey Davis, you can't, Literally, you cannot trust him. I mean, you're really dart throwing if you're going to play Corey Davis right now. Uh, Eric Decker, I mean, at least 56 yards in three of his last four games. The one game he he didn't hit that mark was against Jacksonville. He's had five straight games with at least five targets. He's second on this team in red zone looks. So if he gets, if they do get down there, he could be the option. And it's it's just a salary saving guy. I mean, he's $3,500 on DraftKings. He's $4,800 on FanDuel. The minimum is $4,500. No, there certainly is some risk. This certainly is my least favorite game to choose from. I'm with Ben there as well. Um, but I am playing Decker and I'm playing him in some cash tournaments to, to save myself, you know, the money to spend up elsewhere. When you go into making your lineups, if you're new to DFS on during the fan, during the playoffs, you are going to find, yes, there are those players where you're going to wretch when you have to click them in because you just don't have a choice. Uh, you have to pay down with their salary. The Kansas City Chiefs, they are the home team. Like I said, they are favored. The Titans' defense has been really their saving grace here. In the past six weeks, ranked eighth against fantasy quarterbacks, seventh against wide receivers, 15th against running backs, which that number was a whole lot better uh, until two two weeks ago, when Todd Gurley rampaged huh. through them, uh, so it, they're they're actually an okay unit. They are exploitable, however, by the tight end, twenty fifth against the position, almost eleven points uh, a week given up. Travis Kelsey, guys, how are you? We'll start with Chris Meany. How are you handling Kelsey? The price is is way up there. I believe he's the most expensive DraftKings tight end. But the the matchup is there. In how so? How are you handling Kelsey? Are you fading? Or are you playing? No, I'm playing. I'm playing Smith and Kelsey. That's that's a combination that I have in a lot of cash lineups. It's one that I feel pretty good about. And if you look at this Titans, the third fewest completion percentage of twenty plus yards. I mean, they didn't get beat a lot over the top. They got beat a lot down the middle and through tight ends. And Kelsey has hit the seventy yard mark or found the end zone in nine of his last twelve games. And I think there's a huge gap here between him and the rest of the tight ends that are playing this week. I think Tyree Kill is more of a GPP play, a tournament play. Uh, he's very boomer bust. But for me, it's I think Kelsey is pretty safe. And I think that's a way that you can attack this Titans team is through the middle of the field. And I like Alex Smith. And I like him over on, on FanDuel, especially because out of all the quarterbacks that are going and you look at all the game logs from all these guys, two quarterbacks hit 30 points this season. And Cam did it three times. We'll get into him in a little bit. And the other quarterback to do it was Alex Smith. And he's, he's done it twice. So I, I think that you can pass uh, Kelsey, I think, is one of the safest guys, pass catchers, going this week. So I'm fine with with spending up on him. I know we talk a lot about that tight end position. You know, Maybe you don't want to spend that cash. It's a punt play. I think there's a huge gap here, and I love this matchup with Kelsey. But I think we can even call Travis Kelsey a tournament play because he's so expensive, like Mike, you alluded to. And this is such a hard week, which I think is why Derrick Henry is you know, appeals to me more and more because he allows you to save some money with the guaranteed opportunity and the good matchup because a lot of these wide receivers that we want are either, you know, medium priced or, you know, you got to pay up to get the studs. And of course, unlike in years past where there's not that many running back options, like there's a ton of running backs to get on this slate and to want to jam in, especially if you're playing on DraftKings where you can get one in the flex. So because of that, it makes it harder to pay up for Kelsey. And even if he's still somewhat high-owned, I think you're right on it, Meany, that you just stack him with Alex Smith, and that's a pretty contrarian stack right there because I don't see 
Alex Smith having a ton of ownership. Um, and then with that, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that I think Tyreek Hill is a tournament play. And so because I'll be playing mostly tournaments, I think that, um, you know, you get some exposure to him. And then last but not least, Albert Wilson is a guy that I'm, I'm so upset that he had a good game last week because I don't care. The bird alert. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about week 17 at all. And it wasn't even with Alex Smith. But if you look at what he's done, even with Alex Smith, he's been he's seen at least five targets in five out of his last six games, and he's questionable this week. And there's that fat Q next to his name, and I think that's probably going to scare people away. But he limited practiced um, on Wednesday and full practice on Thursday, so fully expect him to play. He's a guy in a game that I don't love, where I can save a ton of salary. I can maybe get a you know, five for 16, if he finds the end zone, that's that type of glory tournament play. And he's going to be very low owned, I feel like, as well as the the cheap price. So he's the guy that really in this game, on my main team, I have thrown into my lineup. And Wilson's trending up too. From weeks 14 to 16, he had two fewer pass routes ran than Tyree Kill. This is somebody that is trending up and you can attack the Titans in the middle of the football field. So being a slot wide receiver, I I like that call. Do you guys remember when in the middle of the season, Demarcus Robinson was a thing because he was getting 100% um, snapshot? Well, that's actually switched. Over like the last five weeks, Albert Wilson is now the clear-cut wide receiver too. He's played over 90% of the snaps in every game. And Demarcus Robinson has gone down to like 50, 60%. So it's not just that he's cheap and he's seen five targets. He's on the field on almost every play, which is allowing him to see those targets as well. Well, yeah, and we do have to touch on the the, the NFL rushing leader right. guy. <laughs> kind of just oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> which is really safe uh, too. I mean, a home favorite, right? I mean, if they do get up yes. in this game, I mean, they just lean on him. Ever yes, since the, that, but, that coaching change with Nagy, he's been getting all kinds of touches. Yeah, and I think we all love him. The problem with him for me, at this least on DraftKings, is the price. Yeah, he's 8100 You got Gurley at 9700 which is hard enough to get him in your lineup. Kamara at 8600 Fournette, who the matchup we'll talk about in a little bit, is 7400 Mark Ingram falls all the way down at 6900 And then, of course, Derrick Henry at 6000 and a couple other tournament-type guys like Freeman and McCaffrey. So Hunt's price at 8100 And like you said, Mike, other than getting roasted by Gurley, like their run defense, their at least season long numbers are actually pretty solid, which makes me think Hunt can have a good game, but not a great game. And at that price, you need him to have a great game because of how hard it is to make a, a, a lineup this week. So because of that, I probably will not have very much Hunt um, at all. Yeah, I don't have a lot either. It's a tough matchup. And one more thing, too, about Hill. I mean, I know you love this, Ben, and this strategy is if you're going to play a Hill in a tournament and you'd be silly not to roll out the Chiefs defense in one or two spots as well because it is tough to beat the Titans over the top. It is. I think that Hill will be very involved in the return game um, this weekend as well. So it's just a little sneaky strategy. It's, It's one that's worked out. I mean, numerous times last that, season, that maybe is, not so much right. this year. That uh, but is it's worth thinking about. Alvin Kamara just had a, a return to Week 17, right. and in the wild card round last year, I believe it was. No, it was the divisional round. Deion Lewis had one, uh, took it back against the Texans, and I was I played Lewis and Patriots, but wasn't even thinking about that. And that was a double dip. So if you guys don't know, if your player does that, you get the six points for your player and. If for the, for the defense as well, if you stack it that way, so that's a very sneaky stack that very rarely comes to fruition, but it can be a tiebreaker for you if you're thinking, you know, what am I going to do with a couple spots? Moving it over to the Falcons and the Rams, a very interesting matchup. This one is in L.A. The Rams are what? The Rams are favored by six and a half points. I need I need to vet this. <laughs> uh, the, the over under is a forty eight and a half point over under. If I were a betting man, I would easily take them points because I have the Atlanta Falcons winning this matchup personally. Uh, But let's talk fantasy implications. Weather is a non-factor here. Let's start with the Atlanta Falcons side of the ball. Matt Ryan, Chris Meany, can you trust Matt Ryan at all? No, I can't. (laughs) I can't. I I, I really can't. We had this conversation before about Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. Remember when I said they had 15 games where they combined for 15 games with over two passing touchdowns and then this season was just the one and it was Drew Brees. Matt Ryan hasn't, he hasn't, for me, I can't even play this guy in tournaments. I understand the upside and I get it. Julio Jones, it's just, I haven't seen it yet at all this year. 
from Matt Ryan. He hasn't had one 30-point game. This guy hasn't even been able to top 20. So for me, I would just... If I'm going with a Falcon, obviously Julio stands out at you. Mohamed Sanu has... It's a mismatch in the slot uh, for sure on with his height and what he's going to have to deal with in, in LA. I think there's a significant mismatch there. And Freeman I like because you can run in this team. But for me, Matt Ryan, I'm not... I'm not going down that road. I don't think you need to be contrarian at the quarterback position this weekend. I get the upside, but I would have to, like if I'm playing a 150 lineups, I'll have them in a couple. Like that's how I feel about him right now. I don't trust him. I'm with you sure. because I want the quarterback on the other side of the ball in this game. I like Breeze. I like Alex Smith, who we already talked about. So I'm with you, but like you're kind of talking about, I want exposure to the Falcons because I love, you know, this fantasy game. Like I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in, even though the Falcons haven't scored a ton of points, which you know is kind of crazy when you look at it, Matt Ryan's still thrown for the third most pass yards per game out of the eight quarterbacks on the slate. And as an offense as a whole, they're eighth in total offense. So that's total yards um, for those that aren't aware. So they're, they're still racking up the yards. They just haven't really scored the points. But especially on DraftKings and even on FanDuel where you know, you're getting points per reception – and obviously getting points for the yards for your pass catchers. And if you want to go contrarian with a guy like Devontae Freeman, things like that, that's where I want to get my exposure. Um, just kind of the way I like to do it. I like to generally pay up for studs at home. So my first thought here is to not play Julio and go down and get Muhammad Sanu because he's a lot cheaper and he's definitely had games this year where he outscores Julio or is right there with him. And that makes that um, how much salary savings? He's 5,600 and Julio's 8,000. So $2,400 in savings. If he can have a similar game, that's going to be huge. And on top of that, and Mike, we were talking about this before the show, it, it's not going to make you feel great. But again, because you have to save money somewhere. And for me, if I'm not playing Travis Kelsey, I'm really not that excited about paying medium prices for Olsen, Delaney Walker, guys like that. Austin Hooper is $2,900 on DraftKings, which is the cheapest he has been all season in that format. And he can be hit or miss, but that's the type of tournament play that we're looking at because that's I'm going to be playing mostly tournaments. And I think that's a good thing to do is up your exposure in tournaments. It makes it funner, like this, more fun. This yeah. is a um, a slate that you know facilitates that. He's an up-and-down guy. But he has had big games. He has caught touchdowns. He's um, He can have that five for 60 in a touchdown. And if you can get that from Austin Hooper at 2,900, that cheap contrarian exposure to the Falcons offense where you want at least some exposure, that can propel you in a huge way. So I like Hooper just because, again, this is what I was talking about at the beginning. It's not like, oh, I love Hooper and think, you think he's just going to have a great game. But when there's only four games and eight teams to choose from, your options, it's more slim pickings, and it makes guys like that in good games that have the chance to have big games, more plausible to put in your lineup. And he's somebody that I like a lot this week. You know, last year it was the Jared Cook, like in the in the playoffs. He's kind of the Jared, the Jared Cook of this year for me. It's really been far more down than up with, with Austin Hooper. It's been up three times by my, by, by, ah, by my calculations. But I agree, the, the salary so savings there. there is a t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, three is more than zero. Yeah. Uh, let's move, Moving it over to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, ben, you've already spoken of your love for Jared Goff. Let's fo- Chris Meany, talk a little bit about Todd Gurley because we all know what he has done. Uh, the Falcons' defense is actually, they're okay against running backs. I mean, 11th against the fantasy running back position in the, the last six weeks. Todd Gurley is a different kind of animal. However, he is going to break the bank if you want to get Todd Gurley in. You're going to have a lot of gross people. So, Chris Meany, how are you handling Todd Gurley? Yeah, it's really tough. It is really tough. If you want to play him in cash, just based on what he's done over the past couple of weeks, I mean, back-to-back 40-plus fantasy point performances i mean he's really stamped his case on mvp 13 of the 15 games he's hit 100 yards from scrimmage the falcons where you can attack them is you know through the air on you know in the middle of the field and they're just kind of set up that way last year they allowed the most catches to running backs i mean you saw what james white did to them in the super bowl this year they allowed the most catches to running backs again and Gurley just coming off like a 10 catch game he had 26 catches in his last four games there's nothing wrong with playing Gurley. i'm 
it's really tough to to get. I, I feel like in tournaments, maybe he'll be low owned because of that price. Uh, but he's somebody that I'm just kind of fading altogether. He's somebody that it's just it's hard to get a well balanced lineup with Todd Gurley in in your lineup. So I can get behind him actually in cash. I really can because I feel like he is he's just so safe and what he's doing. The offense runs through Todd Gurley. Again, this is the highest scoring team in the NFL. They have the highest team total this week. They're at home. They've had what they've they've been amazing really all year. And if they want to limit. I mean, potential mistakes with Jared Goff in his first playoff game, they're just going to continue to give the ball to Todd Gurley. But I have some problems with just hitting that potential, that peak in tournaments that you want to hit to cash. It's going to be tough to do that when you're spending so much money on Todd Gurley. So do you guys... Ben Cummins, the wide receivers. I, I believe you have a particular love for Mr. Robert Woods yes. this weekend. But So talk about Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins, and the, if I'm not mistaken, the leading... Uh, rookie in terms of receiving yards, as we all expected, as we Mr. All Cooper expected. Cup. <laughs> so talk about the, the Rams wide receiver. Yeah, real quick, my advice on Gurley would just be to hedge. like Make lineups with him and without him, see if you can make it work. Because it is hard with the salary, but that's why the pass catchers are much more exciting to me because you can actually make them work with the salary. Um, and yeah, Robert Woods is my guy. Um, Robert Woods, I don't think that the majority of your competition is going to realize like how many opportunities per game he was getting because he got hurt there, came back, had a good game, then not a great game in week 16, and then they sat him in week 17 when all the sat- the, the starters sat. So um, Woods actually averaged 7.08 targets per game, which is actually fifth on the slate behind only Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, you may have heard of those guys, and D.D. Westbrook. And Westbrook makes sense of his price, but it sounds like Marquise Lee is going to play. So you have a game that's not as exciting from a passing standpoint and a ton of jumbled wide receivers. So Woods to me, where I really like Goff, I think Goff um, to me, I've decided like he's my favorite quarterback play of the week. Um, Woods is that guy that I'm stacking him with because I just see in, and you know, you were telling me before, Mike, that he is like number six on the buzz report. So he's pretty high, but to me, in a week where it's so hard, you're going to have to save money somewhere. There's so many running backs we want. So everybody's going to pay for some of those guys. Somebody's going to, you know, some are going to want to play Kelsey. Some are going to want Tyreek Hill. Obviously, we're going to want exposure to Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. So where do you save the money? So I think that Robert Woods is that kind of, because he's $6,600. So he's pretty expensive. So I think he's a guy that's going to end up getting overlooked. And that really intrigues me because he's tied to Jared Goff. He's tied to one of the best offenses um, going on the slate. They're at home. The matchup's pretty good against the Falcons. And I see him being pretty low owned. I I think that he can have a big week. And of course, I like uh, Cooper Cup and Watkins as well. The difference, though, between Cup and Watkins is you can save $700 on DraftKings going Watkins. So to me, what I want to do first is play golf, play Woods and Watkins all on the same team, because this is the other thing, obviously, about smaller slates. I've touched on it before is those super stacks are what can win you um, you know, smaller slate. So don't think that you, oh, I have too many Rams, so I can't play another one. If you think that their offense is going to find a lot of success. So really into Robert Woods and don't have a problem with Cup or Watkins either, but because of the price difference, I prefer going Watkins over Cup. You could be a contrarian stack too if you go Goff and Gurley. I mean, you see these two connect. Yes, I mean, they've connected absolutely. several times. Uh, for Cooper Cup, Cup is the guy I like the most. I feel like with Desmond Trufant, I mean, lining up over 50% of the time on the left side, I, I feel like he'll be on Woods. Woods is is capable of making things happen the way that they, they use him. But for me with Cooper Cup, I mean, 23 red zone targets, the third most in football. I feel like he is that their best, apart from Gurley, of course, to score a touchdown. I feel like he is the guy when they get into that, you know, close inside the red zone, away from Trufant a little bit, that Cooper Cup is that guy. Um, but it's hard not to like these Rams. I, I know where you're going, Mike. I think that the spread is is ridiculous. In fact, you got the youngest team in football and experience going up against, you know, the team that won the Super Bowl or went to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, almost won it if you turn off the TV in the they third quarter. They won three and a half quarters. Yeah, you turn off the TV in the third third quarter they won um but yes i mean i feel like this game will be competitive before we move into the final two matches want to remind you about the ultimate dfs pass it's only 10 bucks uh for the rest of the season which will be through these playoff weeks you can check it out get all this expert advice from ben cummins and chris meany in uh, 
Ben brought up the buzz reports, which is one of these reports we're working with with Fanshare. They scour social media, see who's trending to kind of get a, a fix on you know potential ownership. And just a shout out, Fanshare has been incredible this week they, or this whole entire season. And if you play PGA, uh, PGA. You know, daily at all, you can check out Fanshare Pro. Uh, they're offering a special promotion right now. Their Par seventy two special. It's only I mean you know seven twenty seven dollars and twenty cents for the month until the end of January. So check that out if you're into PGA at all, because that'll it'll definitely help you it. out. Oh, with their you, check it out. You got to go. throw at least one lineup into all four majors. Come on. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm playing, <laughs> well, I'm playing PGA go. every week. I can't get enough. I Hed- my boy Hideki Matsuyama and Brooks Kepka. Let's go. <laughs> all right <laughs> moving on bills jaguars the jaguars are at home they are favored by eight and a half points with a hold hold on to your butts here a 39 and a half point over under Wee! very excited very excited for this so let's start with the buffalo bills uh you, we're all wondering about Lashawn mccoy's health he was carted off with an ankle injury he has getting in little, he's getting in little spots of practice. However, he has come out and said he wants to play, of course, but he has experience of forcing himself to play on a uh, through an injury that he should not in a game. And he said in that matchup, he was a detriment to the team. So if he feels that he will be a detriment to the team, he's not going to play. Having said that, I still expect Shady McCoy to play, but just so everyone knows where everything stands as of the time of this recording, which is Thursday evening. Let's start with the Buffalo offense. Chris Meany, Tyrod Taylor, Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, and Charles Clay. This might be quick. Are you interested in anybody from this team? Uh, I mean, Clay, maybe. For Shady, I've seen it before, being an Eagles guy. This guy has done has done exactly what you said and what he had said. I mean, he's he's hurt his team by playing. He will play in this football game. I'm pretty confident about that, actually. I just don't think he's going to be effective. Charles Clay is the only guy that I'm really looking at here because I don't feel like Shady will be effective. Calvin Benjamin is going to struggle in this matchup, most likely. Tyra Taylor, I mean, this Buffalo is... Bill's team averages like 177 passing yards per game. I mean, the Jags don't even give that up. This is going to be really, really tough. But for Buffalo in these last few games, you know, 28% of the balls Tyrod has thrown over the last three weeks have gone to Charles Clay. I mean, 27 targets, 15 catches over that span. This is really kind of going to be their only chance in those just short throws down the middle of the field and trying to do what they can. But I mean, if you're looking to be the most contrarian and the biggest contrarian lineup of possible, then do your, then play shady or or clay. But I mean, I don't, I I don't recommend it in a a lot of lineups. I'm not in on the bills. Bills mega stack. That would be the most contrarian possible play. (laughs) Imagine. I mean, if you want to play the bills D to save yourself some cash, I mean, Bortles has thrown five picks over the last couple games. If Buffalo is going to win this game, it's because Blake Bortles is you know, like I said before, the box of chocolates, you just don't know what you're going to want, what you're going to get with this guy. But if Jacksonville, you know, is smart, they're going to take the ball out of his hands. And they're going to give it to Leonard. Blake Bortles a lot better at home, uh, though. I will say the last two weeks have been on the road where you got, you got Fair bad point. Blake Bortles. And then guess what? The three games before that, when it was the regular season fantasy playoffs, that's when he was had an average pass rating <laughs> of about 125 or so when he was playing fantastic. So, we're, Ben, you don't get to weigh in on the Bills because we've we've spent far too much time on this thing. <laughs> okay. But we'll move it over to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Blake Bortles, like I just uh, laid out, has been playing very well at home lately. However, the Buffalo Bills defense the past six weeks ranked fourth against fantasy quarterbacks, third against fantasy wide receivers. They They are a delightful, delicious matchup on the ground for running backs and tight ends. So, it... it are you trusting any of these wide receivers? Leonard Fournette is a great play, but these wide receivers, what do we do? Marquise Lee, we it sounds like he might play. D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, who has emerged from nowhere to right. be the new hotness and is playing out of his mind. Alan Hearns came back last week. Alan Hearns came I mean, back. What do we do here, Ben? You Talk to people through the situation. So I'm really not interested in Blake Bortles at all. Um, and it's, again, it's just one of these games I really don't want that much exposure to. And that's the problem with the pass catchers is now if Marquise Lee, he's not practicing, but they think he's going to play. So obviously that's one we need to pay attention to. But if he does play, like 
you can't really predict with any confidence what the playing time, what the target you know dispersal is going to be. So D.D. Westbrook was the one guy because he's $4,400 and I don't think his price makes that much sense at all that I was going to be playing if Marquise Lee missed because that told me that he was going to be a full-time player. But now if Marquise Lee does play, I really don't want to put my eggs in that basket at all because again, of all the pass catchers I can get on the Rams, on the Falcons, on the Saints, which we'll talk about in a second, even the Panthers, the Chiefs, like there's so many other teams that I want exposure to. And so I agree with you that Fournette is a really good play because this is basically my best argument for it. And this is what I love to do because this is really how we really should be, you know, analyzing these games. But during the regular season when there's so many games, it's so hard to do. But you you like to I like to break it down from a from a top, you know, top to bottom um, deal where I want to look at what the teams have done first. So throughout the entire season, the Jaguars have scored 149 more points than their opponents. The Bills have scored negative 57. They were outscored this year. By, by 57? Uh, by 57. Yeah. They were the Titans. Oh, Both man. of them. The Titans minus 22. They're a horrible playoff team. So the Jaguars at home where they're 6-2 and two on the year and the Bills are only 3-5 and five on the road, and that matters to me too. And the Jaguars have a 206-point differential difference greater than the Bills. That just tells me that the game flow is going to be great for Fournette not to mention the matchup, um, I think we probably all know by now, the Bills have allowed the most rushing yards over the last six games. They're second worst in run DVOA. They've allowed the fourth most yards on the season. So all of that is telling me just, and especially, again, Fournette $7,400 on DraftKings, which is pretty reasonable when you look at Gurley at 9700 and Kamara at 8600 et cetera, et cetera. I'm playing him because I think the game flow, he's going to be able to get the volume. They're going to win. They're going to win somewhat easily. He's going to find the end zone. So I just give me Leonard Fournette, Charles Clay, maybe on the other side of the ball, and that's it, and I'm moving on to the other three games. Can I move on, Chris Meany? Yeah, I mean, it's just a risky game to figure out which Jacksonville guy. I mean, Gaines and White have been really good. You already gave up a lot of stats. I mean, 14 passing touchdowns the second most they've given up. I wish I could... Because you can attack Buffalo in the slot, and I wish I had more confidence in Alan Hearns because I would be behind whoever would play the slot. I mean, I just there's it's a it's a big guessing game what Jacksonville's going to do. So yeah, let's just move on. Play Leonard Fournette because I do think he's a strong play. Of course, play the Jags defense if you can oh, afford yeah. it, but they're pretty expensive if you can too. So them. it's tough. I mean, it's good <laughs> yeah. luck with that. Moving to the final game of the slate, taking things home with the Panthers and the Saints in NFC South fantasy bonanza. Possibly. That was a question mark there. The Saints are at home. They are favored <laughs> by six and a half points. We have a 48 and a half point over, under. They're in the dome. No weather concerns. Let's start with the road team. Uh, Chris Meany, Cam Newton. W- which Cam Newton's going to show up in, in the playoffs here? Are we getting the one that's electric and dynamic? He's actually connecting on some of those deep balls. Or are we going to get uh, last week's Cam Newton, who's just chucking it up at Greg Olson and he can barely even pull down one reception. Who are we getting? Man, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You're I don't supposed know. to know, Chris Brutal. Cam has thrown for 183 <laughs> yards or fewer in seven of his last nine games. His worst game of the season came against this very same Saints team where he had three interceptions and did not find the end zone and threw for under 200 yards. It's just with Cam, you're getting that floor and, and it's it, it's appealing. It, it really is. I mean, at least 51 rushing yards and in almost every game this season, right. really. He's hit the 44-yard rushing mark in 11 of the 13 games. So I understand from a cash standpoint, he's safe. I don't think Cam's a good real-life quarterback. I really don't. But because he runs around and he can make things happen on the ground, it's like starting with a touchdown. So I understand why people want to play him in cash. I'm a little bit... I'm, a, I'm more appealed with him than Drew Brees, actually. Because, again, I'll go back to the 30-point performances this, this year. And especially over on FanDuel. Cam had three of because of that rushing ability. So you're starting with a nice floor and the ceiling is high enough that you can get there if he can connect on some of these guys, which you mentioned Greg Olson. I mean, that was just pitiful to watch. There's The, the weapons are limited. Devin Funches has disappeared. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's best game of the season, certainly through the year, came against the same Saints team. So I can 
I'll play Cam in a couple tournaments, actually, in a couple tournament lineups and just reach and try to reach for that ceiling. Um, but he is there's a there's other quarterbacks. We've talked about him, Alex Smith, Goff. I like more than him. Um, it's just he's very, very, very risky. But I do like reaching for that ceiling that he's hit already this year. Ben Cummins, the CEO, the the vice president and the president of the Christian McCaffrey fan club. That's right. How yes. are, you, are you playing him this week? I mean, Chris Meany gave us a tantalizing stat nugget to want to play him, but are you playing him? It's just it's so tough with all of the other running backs that we know are going to have the guaranteed volume. And we've we've talked about all of them, but it it does make sense because Cam's weapons like when Meany's talking about Cam, I just keep thinking like the upside's not there because his weapons are decimated. Like it obviously Funches, Greg Olson comes back and McCaffrey. That's a pretty good trio. But he's losing his number two wide receivers left and right. Russell Shepard's basically been benched. Demir Bird's on IR. Curtis Samuel's on IR. So, you know, those are the three guys. And I'm really not that interested in paying up for Funches at all. Um, Olsen at 5000 is just kind of in a salary area where he would – I would be okay with playing him, but – I just think it makes more sense to maybe save a little bit more money at that position. So it comes down to McCaffrey and, you know, the argument would be that, you know, in a game where I think they're going to lose, the Saints offense is so potent and the Panthers knowing that, you know, they don't have a ton of weapons that they just game plan to get McCaffrey, you know, 10 targets, which we saw somewhat um, that play out against the Packers a couple weeks ago where he was, he was pretty heavily involved where, you know, he's been up and down, but it could be a game like that. And so, it makes sense from a tournament perspective. The other guy, though, that I have to throw out there real quick is Brenton Burson. And probably a lot of you maybe not don't even know who that is. But because of that number two wide receiver issue that I was talking about, Brenton Burson over the past two weeks has played over 80 snaps. Um, and then Kalen Clay, I said Russell Shepard's been benched. Essentially, he's played eight snaps over the last two weeks. Kalen Clay has played 60 snaps. So Burson's played more. He's gotten eight targets over the past two weeks. Clay's had six. So to me, Burson is essentially running as the wide receiver two in the game where Cam is going to have to throw a lot, probably. He's cheap exposure. He is literally 3000 He is the bare minimum price on DraftKings. He's going to come in very under-owned. And he gives you some exposure to that passing offense, but allows you to go do a lot more fun stuff with your other remaining salary so i am going to be playing brenton burson in some tournaments and mm. if he sneakily catches a touchdown i'm going to be celebrating because that's again what you kind of have to do on a four game slate <laughs> yeah you i'll have- be celebrating with you i wrote him oh, up as well yeah, he's 4500 he's 4500 on FanDuel. i mean you got to think marshall latimer is gonna be on devin funches so yes, yes. that will help burson uh, a little bit here i mean eight targets five catches 81 yards the last two games i mean the saints have allowed the second most receiving yards over the last four weeks you can't attack them um maybe not that top wide out option that's why i'm not in on devin funches but i like where you're going there believe, with burson he's written up as well believe- and that game against the saints McCaffrey had that game that you're talking about the 11 targets nine catches 101 receiving yards okay okay I love it I love it yeah and I think Burson's had a catch of over 20 yards in the last two games one in each of the last two games so he has a little bit more big play upside than you might think and again if he gets in the end zone on a slate like this where you have to differentiate somewhere it could be huge a differentiator whoa (laughs) differentiator you just pulled a me (laughs) I apologize uh could be could be Jonathan Stewart. He was upgraded to full on uh, practice on Thursday. We know that he missed the last game of the weekend. However, however, before that, four games, four straight games, he's uh, letting people down. <laughs> no, really, but uh, but no, but a couple weeks ago, we know he had that big game against Minnesota, over 100 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, scored a few times before that. So he's just he's interesting because he's so cheap. Uh, you're talking $3,500 on on DK and $5,600 over on FanDuel. So it needs nothing more than just a little bit interesting if you're trying to save salary with the rest of those guys. Moving over to the Saints, the home team, the home favorites. Drew Brees has been pretty disappointing for fantasy purposes comparatively to his previous season where you knew he was just locked and loaded, a top three guy. However, Panthers defense ranked 30th against fantasy quarterbacks the past six weeks. Chris Meany, how are you treating 
Drew Brees and his pass catchers, which I guess means the whole entire team, but I mean specifically the yeah, wide receivers. I I mean I love everyone here in this game. I really do. I I again, you're right. Brees has been frustrating, but he, they really have Carolina really has struggled against pass catchers. I mean, the Panthers have allowed a league high 110 targets and 906 receiving yards to wideouts over the last four weeks. Thomas has found the end zone in three of his last five games. He had do- he was dominant in both games against the Panthers combined for 17 targets, 12 catches, 157 yards and two touchdowns. I, I don't think there's anybody that can stop him. I'm, I haven't bought into this Carolina secondary all year. And this team can stop the run but they haven't been able to even stop the run in those two games against the Saints. So I'm, I understand you want to roll out Breeze. I feel like there's some other quarterbacks because I don't think that they're going to get away from what they've done all year. I think Thomas will get his and Ted Ginn is interesting in tournaments. Um, but apart from that, I, I feel like they're just going to this. I mean, why go away from it? I mean, these two running backs are phenomenal in Al- and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. So I think that they'll just continue to to use both of these guys and Thomas will get his. So Thomas, I think, is a, is a guy that I know that actually he's a guy that I want to play. I won't have that much exposure to Drew Brees. I feel like perhaps in this third matchup, Carolina will f- try to figure out those two running backs and maybe Brees will be able to play to catch up or, you know, throw the ball, but I just don't think Carolina is going to be able to keep up. That's the biggest thing for me, and I think that they'll just continue to run the ball. Mark Ingram versus Alvin Kamara. Ben, how are you looking at that? Man, it is so tough because I I want Kamara. I want Kamara. Like, who doesn't? But, especially on DraftKings, you have $8,600 for Kamara and only $6,900 for Ingram. That's a $1,700 difference. And I was shocked. Like, they have been basically, over the last... I don't four or five, six weeks. They've been very, very similar in price. And now with a lot fewer games, you know, they kind of mix mess with the salaries a little bit, but that's a huge difference. So it's still Camara for me, but I'm absolutely getting exposure to Ingram. And you can play them both together if you can afford it, because we've seen what they've done all year, because Ingram really should be more expensive than that. So um still going Kamara on my main team though. But again, similar thought process, meaning to what we talked about with Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. You know, you can play Breeze and still play one or both of these running backs because they catch passes as well. And that could be a sneaky, sneaky stack right there. You know, Breeze, Mark Ingram, oh, I didn't see that, you know, reception touchdown coming, something like that. And I completely agree with you. Like, I want Michael Thomas exposure. Who doesn't? Um, And then Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn, I do want some exposure to Drew Breeze. And so when I do that, a way to make it super contrarian, as we talked about maybe with Alex Smith and Tyreek or Alex Smith and Kelsey, things like that. But this, this is the way that I love to kind of get contrarian is do it on the offenses that have been doing it all year long. And obviously, the main two offenses on this slate are the Rams and the Saints. And so that's kind of where, okay, let's you know try to sneakily, hopefully Robert Woods isn't that high owned and go Goff and Woods. Well, we know that a Breeze-Ted Ginn sn- stack is going to be pretty somewhat at least low owned to where that can be a differentiator. So, you know, Ginn's that guy, I mean... He's he's perfect. We talk about him all the time, and he's perfect for this slate, especially because again, there's not as many options, which makes him more in play. He is their number two wide receiver. Willie Steed never showed up this year whatsoever. Brandon Coleman really hasn't done much as of late at all. So you, we really have an offense where it's Thomas and the two running backs and Ted Ginn. They have no reliable uh, tight end at all. Kobe Fleener's on IR. He wasn't reliable to begin with. Josh Hill really hasn't done anything. So it's a very small group of players that are even relevant, which definitely puts Ted Ginn in play in tournaments. I just want to add just one more thing. I mean, you mentioned playing both of these backs and people may look at Carolina and see, oh, they allowed 3.7 yards per carry and three rushing touchdowns in 14 games against teams not named the New Orleans Saints. In two games against the Saints, they allowed 6.1 yards per carry and four rushing touchdowns. Both of these guys had their way. They've combined for over 3,000 yards, um, from scrimmage over 1200 through the air. You're right, Ben, both of these guys can catch They're They're very capable of it. It's a, it's such a dynamic one, two punch. It's something I haven't seen in a long time. You mentioned Stewart earlier. You have to go back to the Stewart and D'Angelo Williams days in Carolina to, to see this one, two punch. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And I think you can get behind. I mean, I can get behind one of both of these backs and it's, it's a different strategy to take, but they're both going to be involved. All right. Well, that's a, Probably a far too thorough breaking down of this four-game slate, but here we are at the end. But, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to still bring to you the Battle Royale. You can get a little taste of 
what to expect when you're trying to make a lineup. See how the three of us have handled the four-game slate. DFS Battle All right, Ben Cummins, you're going first. All righty, let's do it. So Jared Goff, as I said, my favorite quarterback. Um, I'm locking in Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry because they're somewhat affordable. They give me the guaranteed volume. I like the matchups. As I said, with Goff, I want to go Robert Woods. I'm super stacking it a little bit. I'm playing Sammy Watkins as well. Then, in order to have to save money, I'm playing Albert Wilson, who I think we talked about. I'm playing Austin Hooper at tight end, and I'm just praying <laughs> catch a touchdown, Austin. I'm, I have to go begrudgingly from the Jags defense to the Chiefs to save $1,000 on DraftKings, so I'm playing the Chiefs at 3400 and that leaves me enough in the flex to play Alvin Kamara, who I just cannot leave out of my main lineup. All right, Chris Meany. All right. Um, I'm going to be a little bit different here. I'm going with Alex Smith as my quarterback, uh, Kamara and Fournette are my running backs. And I've really just spent down on wide receivers this week. Eric Decker, Albert Wilson, and Mohamed Sanu. I got Kelsey as my tight end, Derek Henry in the flex. I'm just punting the, the defense position and just, you know, Goff is a rookie quarterback uh, or not a rookie quarterback, but his first playoff game, I got the Falcons defense. You're stealing in my defensive thunder. Chris Meany. Yeah, you've been rolling with the the cheap D all year, so maybe I'm on. I was dropping there. the hammer with the finishers, the Falcons, but I guess that's where I'll start. <laughs> to get it out of the way. Uh, I too am rolling with Alex Smith, but at running back, Mark Ingram and Devonta Freeman, sixty nine hundred bucks for Ingram, sixty three hundred for Freeman. That's an absolute. That's ridiculous. The Rams, if they can be beat anywhere, it's it's on the, by the running back position. And Freeman had a bit of a bounce back, at least through the air, the final week. I'm going with Rashard Matthews, Ted Ginn Jr. as my cheap plays this week because then I got Julio Jones and then I got Travis Kelsey. I feel like I got to get Kelsey in there with the uh, with that matchup. And then I have the Alex Smith-Travis Kelsey matchup. I also then I had, I had, I had no monies. So Al, guess what, Albert Wilson, <laughs> you're invited to the party. <laughs> I, guess, I mean, why not? If he catches five balls, sure. I mean, he's oh, yeah. going to return value for you. Yeah. So yeah. there yeah. it is, ladies and gentlemen. We wish you nothing but luck as you take on the the fair the the playoff slates for these fantasy football purposes. Getting you got to get that fix that DFS fix this weekend. I am your host, Mike, the Fantasy Hitman, right for Ben Cummins for Chris Meany. We wish you a happy weekend and happy football watching. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.